Hello, welcome to Full Circle with Garland. I'm a leader in the DEI space and have spent 20 years of my career in human resources. I've been having meaningful conversations about career development with my friends and colleagues, many of whom are rarely heard on stages and podcasts. I am excited to bring you their stories each week. I will be sharing how their diverse backgrounds have shaped their work, the lessons in their career highs and lows, and the importance of recognizing the full circle moments in life. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoy this week's interview. Welcome to Full Circle. Today's special guest is Marimba Mill-Lyons. She is president and CEO of the Hill Community Development Corporation, Hill CDC, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's historic Hill District neighborhood. She's a practitioner of and thought leader in equitable development. Her work is focused on assuring equity in urban core redevelopment involving low, moderate income residents, communities of color, and cities. She advocates for and utilizes intentional planning and development practices that honor people, place, culture, and the market. She believes in win-win models, and to this end, she has led negotiations uh, of a community benefit agreements with the National Hockey League, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, to assure equitable development for a historic tract of land in the heart of fast-growing Pittsburgh. Uh, she is someone to know within the CDC space, specifically in the Hill District. She has been recognized by Pittsburgh Magazine of one of Pittsburgh's 15 future power brokers and was recently listed in Pittsburgh Business Times 2020 list of the top 20 people to know in construction in the Pittsburgh region. Welcome, Marimba. Thank you, Garland. I'm so happy to be here. I am Thank so you for happy having to me. have you. Yes, I feel like your background is so unique. Um, she is one of my amazing clubhouse finds, folks. <laughs> when I heard her speak on the platform, I thought this is somebody who's got a different lens. They're doing work that they're one, really passionate about, but two, mm -hmm. I think you have a the win-win piece I could hear mm -hmm. over and over when we would have rooms where we talk about, you know, development and affordable housing and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to have you on because I don't think we hear enough about community development corporations. We don't hear enough mm -hmm. about one, that, that portion of how commercial real estate looks. Um, and I wanted to have you on because I'm trying to be able to give people options, Right. So if you come into this space and you only see one thing, you only see one thing, you might think that's all there is. Um, and so when I heard you speak, I thought she's got to talk to us more about this Aww. because I feel like there's a lot of people who have um, community in the heart of what they do. They mm -hmm. like helping. And that's like a huge part of not only their mission, but their values. Um, yes. And so I just want to, you know, we're going to use this as an opportunity to educate today um, because I, I want people to know what this is about so that they can potentially look at it as an option for themselves or just consider it in terms of how they go about looking at development. Yes, that's exciting. I, I love talking about community development, so happy to be able to share in any way I can. Perfect. So I usually start each show finding out more about you, um, finding out about mm -hmm. your upbringing, how it shaped you. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So 
Uh, my upbringing uh, has been core to um, my adult identity, I'll say, and um, and my work. Uh, so I was born to uh, Margaret and Jake Malians, <laughs> and uh, they were both um, academics at the time, but also activists. Um, co-founders of the Black Action Society at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, I came not long after that. Uh, they were both uh, going through graduate school and earning their doctorates. And uh, my mother passed away when I was very young at three. Um, and But she had run for uh, the school board in Pittsburgh. She was kind of fed up with the performance of the public schools. Uh, she was um, very passionate about public input and uh, citizen participation. So she ran for the school board and ended up getting ended up getting elected. Well, as I said, she passed away uh, when I was very young and not too long after that. And my father ended up stepping into her shoes uh, and running for to replace her in that seat. Uh, and that led him to run for um, city council, serve first on city on, on the school board for many, many years. Uh, and then to run for city council. And eventually he was going to run for mayor. Um, he did remarry, and I was really fortunate to have a fantastic um, second mother who was uh, a brilliant scholar and passionate about um, educating, um, equitably educating Black children. Um, and she was just a master teacher on every level. And so I grew up in a household that, like, civil rights, human rights, you know, empowerment, um, equity. I mean, those things were just like, that's what it was. Like my earliest memory of being an activist, uh, or engaged in my own worldview was when in third grade, um, I wanted to write a book report on Beethoven, um, during Black History Month. And so <laughs> the teacher told me that I wasn't allowed to. So I went home and I told my mother, I need that book by Ivan Van Sertema called Blacks in Science and Math because I wanted to reference uh, Beethoven in that book and that he should be allowed to be written about because of his, you know, ancestry. <laughs> so, and, you know, and so anyway, I ended up in the principal's office, long story short. But, 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 but that, that was my earliest memory, right, of like, like owning my own identity and like really having like this worldview <laughs> that would maybe get me in trouble later in years all throughout my life. But uh, so, so my life now has, you know, ha is, has really kind of comes out of um, you know, this tradition of the intersection of, you know, intellect and uh, uh, activism and policy work. And, um, and so I love community development because I just, I love the intersection of those things. And then you layer on business and business transactions that I'm just, man, you know, a kid in a candy store. Wonderful. So I, this is what I love when I ask people about how they grew up, because you can hear the threads that are there and then how it continues to just elongate in someone's life. So I love that. Um, so when you look at, I guess, you know, moving through education, you know, parents who were very clear that they wanted you to have an equitable education um, and have access to everything. Um, when you moved through that educational system and then into college, can you, you know, tell me about what that was like in terms of you discovering your passions and discovering the things that you enjoy doing and that you mm -hmm. realize I'm really good at this or I really like doing this. Yeah. So I had my first job uh, probably, uh, definitely in elementary school. I can't remember which grade. I was a paper girl. 
And it was a family business. My sister wanted to have income. She started a paper route. And then whenever um, she went to high school, she had to pass it down to my, my uh, eldest brother uh, because she could, um, uh, you know, she had to go to school too early in order to do the paper route. So I was the last in line. So I got the paper route last. So then I had to go out and recruit uh, an employee because there was no one younger than me. <laughs> so, so I inherited a business, um, and was responsible for, uh, running that business and also for managing an employee, um, who, you know, we're still Facebook friends to this day. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so, so, you know, so that was like my first, uh, entrepreneurial venture, so to speak. Um, you know, but, like sold ICs as a kid, you know, popcorn, you know, was really kind of into those things, but was, was also like really brought up in a community where, you know, there was still a sense of, of a neighborhood. Um, and, you know, the neighbors knew each other, uh, you know, the kids would play in the lot together and then we went to school together. So, uh, so that was, you know, a really uh, core part of my you know, early stage identity. Uh, you know, as I think about how I matriculated through school, um, I would say that my, uh, you know, I was very engaged. Um, like, you know, I played sports um, and uh, and I was always very vocal about things that I, were important to me. Uh, I definitely was not a bookworm type. You know, I was more of a, um, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was probably more of the type who was, you know, trying to figure out and trying to convey um, what I thought was what I thought was right, right for even the students. Right? Like I remember literally uh, a meeting with my vice principal in high school, advocating um, for students to be able to wear shorts to high school, right, and having a meeting with the principal's office with my colleagues, <laughs> my, the other students, <laughs> and we had to present our case about why students should be able to wear wear shorts, right? And then, um, you know, so, so my, my whole life was, has always kind of been about, you know, that interaction with, um, you know, the, the, the powerful people in the room and me making my case on behalf of others, right? <laughs> so Advocacy. Um, Advocacy yeah. work has been in there since the beginning. It has. It has. Uh, when I went to um, undergrad, I was going to be a teacher. I, and I still am a teacher. I just am to my core. But um, studied education in undergrad at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, also known as North Carolina A&T, uh, Aggie Pride for all those Aggies out there. Um, and uh, ended up, uh, you know, also studying political science uh, as a secondary concentration. And when I graduated, uh, I got an internship at the city of Pittsburgh in their information systems department. And that is where my kind of world opened up about um, kind of technology. And I saw this educational video called Emo and the King. And I was just enamored at how multimedia could be used to educate and to do so many other things. So I wanted to learn how to do that and then combine that with my educational background and do things like distance learning, instructional technology, so forth and so on. Anyway, ended up in the fellowship, uh, excuse me, in the um, internship, which became a full-time job. And I ended up developing uh, with one other person, the entire website for the city of Pittsburgh, which was their first ever. So it was, it was like from scratch. Like we had to go to every city department. I had to learn, you know, more departments that I ever wanted to know for any given municipality. Um, and so I would say that that was an interesting uh, introduction to kind of like structured government, right? It came through the technical lens. 
Um, and I did that for a while. And then I started my own business, um, doing strategic communications, interactive development and, um, uh, and, and advertising. Um, and I, somewhere about that time, I came to the local community development corporation and I said to the director at the time, whose name was Albert Hatley, I said, you know, I'm working at the city and all of these folks were down there earning 60 plus thousand dollars. This was, you know, a, little, a few years back. So like that was a good, very, very good wage. And I said, and, and some of them don't have college degrees. Um, why, why can't we do a workforce program in our community, helping people who otherwise, you know, would be making minimum wage to learn these technical skills, C++, Java, all of these different languages, Cobalt, those were all the languages back then. Why don't we do a program called Hill Tech uh, in our community and help folks get these good jobs, right? Anyway, long story short, he recruited me to the board and that changed the trajectory of my life. Um, wow. And so that's how I ended up in community development. It was a long story, but hopefully it was worth it. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and since then I have uh, essentially stewarded the organization on the board level and now at the staff level. Um, and now we're doing, we have about, you know, $60 million worth of development uh, in the pipeline uh, that we're focused on developing. Um, and we, we run a number of programs, in, including our latest program, which is called Hill Tech Society. And which so, is what you proposed which all is those years ago, right? All this those. is amazing. I love yeah. this. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to do some definitions for me because I, I think it's important to, you know, when you know the language and you speak it, you don't remember that there are people who may not know it. So what is a community development corporation? So a community development corporation um, is... Uh, normally a place-based organization, okay, focused on the revitalization of a specific neighborhood, okay? Uh, there are CDCs all throughout the country. So if you type in a given city and say Community Development Corporation in, you know, whatever city, you're bound to find a number of them. Uh, they oftentimes have um, an economic development focus or a real estate development focus. And some also have a programmatic focus. Uh, and in some cases, you know, so social services may even be connected. Uh, but they are generally uh, really focused on kind of that intersection of, of, of real estate and programmatic development for a given community so that that community can realize its full potential. So that's really what community development corporations are about. And each community development corporation has its own unique brand and identity, um, but they are also kind of generally understood to be those kind of frontline community builders. And the reason why it's an important uh, role, um, the reason why it's important, an important role is because normally in any given neighborhood that would have a community development corporation, it's not, a, in most cases, a community that is already well-developed, right? I mean, it's a community that is, you know, struggling in many cases and the market has not yet arrived to that community. And so community development corporations are oftentimes the frontline developers because market rate developers are just not interested in investing their money there. And so they take on more risk and have a greater appetite for risk than your traditional developers. Of course, now you have a whole slew of what we call affordable housing developers who also kind of play in this space and they take on 
I wouldn't say they take on as much risk because they normally use a lot of public subsidy, whether that's subsidy from HUD or city dollars or, you know, uh, even state funds um, uh, and certainly uh, federal dollars from the housing finance agencies. Um, so those kinds of developers have now kind of created a whole new space of affordable housing developers. But traditionally, CDCs were the ones kind of on the ground trying to figure out how are we going to how are we going to make something out of our little, how are we going to make a bigger something out of our little something, if I may? Perfect. Okay. Now, when you think about, you know, what a CDC is, what are the things that people have misconceptions about what is, you know, they think, oh, mm-hmm. you know, this is what CDCs really are. What are the things that I think are misunderstood? Sure. So I would say uh, it, it depends on the, uh, the person who's looking in, right? I would say that, uh, and it depends on the CDC. So just to be, you know, very candid, like the Hill CDC is deeply entrenched in resident empowerment. Like that is very important to us. Uh, we have a comprehensive master plan for our community and the CDC is responsible for carrying that master plan forward and delivering on it to some degree, right? Specifically for the community and economic development portions, the quality of life, we oftentimes partner with other community organizations to deliver on those. So I'm going to speak about how we operate. Some CDCs may operate a little differently. Some of the complaints that you may hear for some CDCs are some people view them as gentrifying CDCs. Right. So some people on the ground may view their CDC as um, a gentrifying organization that is focused on just bringing market rate developers or whoever will come. Um, And sometimes that's true that those CDCs may not have the appropriate community centered lens and filter to attract the right developers and the right partners, right? And so that may be a, a kind of a, um, a perception for some on the ground, uh, a negative view, if, if that's our question. And then for maybe developers, their perception may be, oh, these guys want too much, right? Like they're asking for the sun, the moon, and the stars. And, you know, and our pro forma suggests that we can provide them maybe a little bit of the moon. So they're asking for too much here. Um, and, and they may view that as a nuisance. Um, government uh, and elected officials may view this, uh, a CDC as, um, as, a, uh, as someone, as an organization that's advocating uh, an interest that sometimes isn't aligned with what they want to do. And it makes it a little inconvenient to run, you know, traditional, you know, political game. And so they may view that as a, a bit of a nuisance in some cases. So I would say those are some of the challenging perspectives. Yeah. So what, I mean, I think what's been great about what, you, what you're focused on is it's really being a bridge to having advocacy for the community mm-hmm. um, in these spaces that may not sometimes, you know, residents may not necessarily be the top of the priority, which sounds crazy, right? It's the neighborhood. Like these are the people who live there. Why would they not be um, at the top of the priority? Um, So let's Mm -hmm. talk about your specific Hill District in Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. what areas of focus that, you know, are those core focus areas and why you chose those focus areas? Sure. So we are focused on people, place, and policy. And um, 
we are focused on building up the people, right? So we do uh, entrepreneurship training. We have uh, training that is industry-based. So we have hill builds, which is construction-based training. We have beauty works, which is focused on beauty-based businesses. We have um, uh, BLAST, which is Business Leadership Academy for Social Transformation, which is focused on helping to develop business leadership skills in a neighborhood that is in transition. Uh, we have Hill Tech Society, which is really about connecting people to um, to technical um uh, opportunities and making sure that we're thinking about innovation. In our region, we're a very innovation-rich area. So we have Carnegie Mellon University right here. We have the University of Pittsburgh right here. We have a very strong eds and meds community here. But a lot of times those, um, those uh, partners uh, or assets to our region are not connected to the communities. And so how do we make sure that they are an economic engine for the redevelopment of our neighborhoods right here in our own city, as opposed to just educational institutions for people who are coming through our city? Um, and so, you know, so so our programmatic efforts, uh, our people-based efforts are focused on entrepreneurship and home ownership training. And so we work with hundreds of people a year to help them with entrepreneurship, uh, efforts and that includes partnering with the universities through their small business development centers, uh, and then we also work with um, partners who do home ownership training because we are focused on building the place, right? And so the place is building our commercial corridor where we have more vacant lots than we should have, which is the case for so many of our communities. Uh, and those commu those uh, those sites are going to be filled in. We call that infill development with development. Right. And there's going to be commercial development. There will be residential development. And so then the question is, who occupies the space in the commercial portion? And that is why we train the people before the development happens so that the people are prepared to engage in a multi-year lease. So the people are prepared to understand what it will take to exist in a business district. Because at the end of the day, irrespective of who does the development, unless it is completely 100% grant-based um, funding, which never happens, right? Then there's going to be a mortgage associated with it. And somebody has to pay that mortgage. So there has to be some simpatico between the people and the place. Simultaneously, we are acquiring vacant homes in our neighborhood. Uh, and we are vi um, renovating those homes and we are putting the people who have registered for our home ownership program and our registry called the Hill District 100 into those homes. So years ago, a, a developer said, well, I said, well, you are doing this many new units. It was over 200 and you don't have one home ownership unit. They're all rental. And they said, well, we're not sure that there is a market for home ownership in your neighborhood. Right. And I'm thinking, really? Okay, this will be the last time I have that conversation. So we launched what was called the Hill District 100 because I was determined to prove that we would, I could pipeline at least 100 home buyers, right? We are now at over 400, right? We now have 450 people who are saying, I'm a renter in the neighborhood and I want to buy, or I believe in the vision you all have cast. I want to be a part of building it. And that ranges from both affordable to market rate buyers. And so that's what we want. Now we just need to renovate more homes 
and get more vacant land to build homes, right? Um, and so that's the place portion. How do we build up our commercial corridor? How do we bring meaningful programs that uh, resonate with the community's master plan, that resonate with the residents that honor and build upon the cultural legacy of this neighborhood, which in our case is an African-American cultural legacy? And then finally is policy. And so the reason why we advocate for equitable policy is because all of our work Right. I always say policy um, that advocacy should be plan B. Right. I don't believe advocacy should be plan A. Advocacy should be what you do when a policy doesn't protect you as a citizen. But government's primary job in America is to protect its citizens. And so our policies should be aimed at providing our basic needs to whatever extent possible, right? Making sure that we have clean water, making sure that people have adequate housing, those things that allow us to meet our full potential as human beings. That is the role for me of government. And that is why we advocate for equitable policy. So if there's a development that's happening in our community, that development should, it, particularly if it's getting taxpayer money, from the people in the community, that development should also assure that there's reinvestment into that community and not just completely extractive, but also um, that it is uh, something that is additive and generative to that neighborhood. Um, and that's what the community benefits movement is really about, making sure that when you get public money, that there's public benefit, that public money does not go just to private interests, for private benefit, but public benefit. And we have to begin to think about public benefit beyond jobs. Because jobs, if jobs were gonna do it, we would be we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now as a country. Oh my goodness. There's so much here. I mean <laughs> so much here. I mean this is this is literally the trifecta to create a great neighborhood. Basically you're yes. you're trying to create neighborhoods that are not only sustainable but um thinking of all of the interests. I love this idea of the 100 that's now mm -hmm. 400. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's just telling a different narrative of home ownership is something people want. Um, Absolutely. And so, and then this tech society, this is kind of huge because I mm -hmm. think that um, this is the future, right? This is the future mm -hmm. of work. This is where all the jobs are. This is yes. how you stay relevant. This is how the digital divide doesn't leave you behind. Mm -hmm. um, and so having all of those things is major in making sure that people are not only going along with what's happening, but also prepared, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I get so excited about it, right? Because like, again, this is like my, you know, the I genesis know. Of, my, of, I know. of my work in this space. <laughs> but like the idea that, you know, young people and tenured people and adults can be, can have access to um, some, I mean, you know, like the universities we have here in many cases are best in breed, right? Like they're like, they're like, it, you don't get better than some of the universities we have here in this innovation space. And I'm like, hey, let's like leverage that. Like there's just like no need when we have, like America's facing a workforce crisis, right? As you know, boomers retire um, and Gen X is a relatively small generation right? There is a need to get people up to speed like quick and not just uh, up to speed and upskilled, but completely transitioned in some cases, right? Because a lot of jobs are going to be automated. We have to accept that that is the trajectory of the workforce. 
And so we we have to be thinking creatively about these things. And for me, I, I love the intersection of like, again, business, politics, and community. Like, and that's what community development is about. It's, I tell people it is a contact sport. You know, it is not a gunfight, it's a knife fight, right? It is literally where the rubbing, rubber meets the road. And, it, I, you know, I love it because it really is like a sport, you know? So I consider myself a community development athlete. <laughs> I like that. A community development athlete. That's what yeah. we're going to call you. I love it. Um, no, I mean, I, I think what you're, this is fantastic because I don't know that it's, I've, been, I've not heard it explained this way, um, mm-hmm. which I think is why people don't know what it is. Um, but I think this is why you're here, because I, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I wanted to find someone who's one doing it, doing mm-hmm. it very well, mm-hmm. passionate about it and is here to this is what this is what is needed. Um, yeah. And so if you had anything to tell someone um, in terms of like, they're hearing all of this. They're like, that's what my community needs. Yeah. You know, what do I do to get started? Like how, like, what is it that I should be thinking about as my first step to start my own CDC? Um, yes. what would you tell somebody? <laughs> so we have a community development fellowship at the Hill CDC that we launched because I am really passionate about developing the next generation of community developers. And particularly there are not uh, sufficient uh, people of color in this space. Um, And that's the case for the nonprofit space in general. Um, And so I definitely uh, encourage people who are interested to look into community development to our community development fellowship, which you can find at hilldistrict.org, but also just, you know, look for internship development, uh, internship opportunities and um, community development uh, fellowship opportunities in your city or nearby um, if you're looking to move, you know, wherever you're headed. Um, And so that would be the first thing that I would say is really... I have found out from hiring um, many, many people over the years, like people just don't have a clue about this space at all. Like, you know, and and it, it almost brings tears to my eyes when they find out that they can wake up, go to work and get paid to rebuild their community. Like people are like, wait a minute, huh? Like, Yes, it's a thing, right? And so that's why I get really excited about it because people, you know, you have people in banking, in banking, you have people working in government. Normally government knows a little bit about this space because we work so closely together. Uh, But you have people in all types of interesting private sectors who don't even know that this is a real opportunity. Uh, And it's a very competitive opportunity with, I would say, with the private sector because you have to have private sector uh, talent in this space. This is not... This is not your kind of mom and pop book club type of nonprofit. Like this is pure bread entrepreneurial energy every day. Like just straight up. Yes, it is like activation, but you got to know how to deliver a project too, right? And so a given day could be a meeting about a program, about launching a new program. It could be a meeting with the government. It could be a city council hearing. It could be a meeting with a development partner trying to put together a you know, $50 million deal. It could be a tenant that you're talking to, right? It, it could be many, many things. 
Um, and so if you like kind of like that kind of mix, that eclectic mix, which I love that kind of thing, uh, it could be a, a great fit. But even if you don't, maybe you fit squarely in the people's space. Like you're like, I really just want to focus on programs. I could care less really about the real estate. I just need to know enough to be dangerous to make sure that the programs and the real estate make sense together. Right. Or you might say, you know, I'm trying to build like I want to build things and and, and you could find a really good home in community development. So look for the CDC in your neighborhood. Make sure there's not one already. There's nothing worse than duplicating work and duplicating vision and efforts. Okay. So I would say do not start a CDC if there is one in your neighborhood. Go to the CDC in your neighborhood and let them know that you want to volunteer or ask them if you if there's a job available. Board service is totally underrated. Right. So like Everyone's always looking for great board members for a nonprofit. You can learn a lot just serving on a board. Okay. Um, you can become a friend of an organization and a booster of an organization if you're not, not looking to actually make a, a real job transition. Um, but you know, I would go and talk to the executive director. I'm a president and CEO. Uh, oftentimes a nonprofit is led by what's called an executive director. Just sit down and say, look, I've, I, I now, understand what CDCs do. Tell me about your vision. Like, do you have a community plan that you follow? What's your strategic plan? What's on the, on the docket for the next couple of years? How can I be of help? You know, what's your philosophical driver here? You know, because you want to make sure that you're philosophically aligned with the organization. Because again, every CDC is not the Hill CDC, but you want to make sure you're philosophically aligned. You may find that it's not the CDC that you want to be connected to as much as another community group that does maybe the roundtable discussions with the community. It, it just depends on your passion. I'm a big passion person. So I'm like, you know, get in where it feels best for you, where you can leverage uh, and bring to the table real value. Yes. Okay. So we have to wind this thing down. I know we got okay. it all worked up. Everyone's <laughs> excited. Like, where's my CDC? This is going to be the thing. Um but I, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, I want you to have some time to share anything. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about what the Hill CDC is doing already, but if there's anything yes. else you want to share with listeners um, about what you're doing, upcoming goals, things that you, you know, personal, professional, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I would say, um, let me think. The one thing I would say is we are, so first you can find our website at hilldistrict.org. Uh, and um, you can find lots about our projects and programs on there. We are going to be launching a capital campaign uh, soon for the historic New Granada Theater. I say if you're thinking of the Hill District, uh, the Hill District is to Pittsburgh as Harlem is to New York, right? Um, and we are at this really important moment where we can really shape the direction of the community and be able to retain the culture, some affordability, you know, the identity of the neighborhood. And I think that's really important. But a, a central project in that is the redevelopment of the historic New Granada building. And this is a, what would be essentially the Apollo, right, in, in Harlem. And so we are redeveloping the New Granada Theater and the surrounding block. So we're going to launch a capital campaign. So if anyone is so inclined to support that work, uh, please follow us. Uh, we have a uh, support our work button on our website. We would love to have your contributions to this project. It is going to deliver and bring to life really that STEAM concept, that, that Hill Tech Society concept is going to be a core part of it, as well as a number of other programs we're partnered with the University of Pittsburgh's Community Engagement Center. It's just a whole thing. So I can't get into all of that now, but um, you know that would be the one thing that I would ask. You can follow us on all of our platforms at My Hill District. So on Twitter, 
um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and we're on LinkedIn, but you have to look for Hill Community Development Corporation on LinkedIn. And you can follow me personally at Marimba Million. So yes. I just left off the ES because I ran out of character. So it's Marimba Million. And I'm awesome. on Clubhouse at Marimba. Of course. And we'll put all this in the show notes because we want to <laughs> make sure everybody knows how to find you. Um, I wrap every call with two things. Um, okay. I'm going to say a sentence and you have to finish it. Uh, inclusion and equity drive my work. Every day. Okay. And then last question, what does life look like coming full circle to you? Well, given this interview, I'm going to say opening New Granada with the technology component um, would be a true full circle moment for me, given that that's how I got into community development uh, and landed at the Hill City C. So I'm expecting in the next uh, 12 to 18 months to really have a full circle moment. And I'm really excited about it. Wonderful. So thank you so much, Marimba. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, I hope this inspires someone to consider a career in this in this space. And just just look into what CDCs are wherever yeah. they are, because I think that, um, like you said, people may not know about them um, yeah. and they are an, a critical part of the puzzle uh, yes. in making communities feel like home. Yes, I agree. Uh, and one thing I, I do want to add is just that developers, because I know you talk to lots of real estate folks, partner with the CDC like they normally can get you a great deal in the neighborhood they're located in and help you really put together some free money too from philanthropy because your your building is now more than a building. It's a solution. So Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you. And um, thank, you. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been great talking with you. What a great conversation with Marimba. I feel like I found out so much more about CDCs um, because I don't think we really hear much about them. And I think exactly what she's right, what she said is right about it being a space where um, you have a lot of intersectionality um, with people, uh, real estate development and policy. And so when you think about this area, you are touching a few different things. And, and so the things that stood out for me with her conversation was what is your why? Why would you become involved with the CDC? What are your skill sets and what would you bring um, if you were moving into a role with a CDC? And if you're great with the programming and the people side of things, um, that clearly makes sense. But if you prefer the real estate development aspect and want to look at you know, workforce housing, affordable housing, senior housing, um, or just looking at um, you know, developing a business corridor and what that means for a neighborhood and a community, um, this is how you get very close to what is happening to your neighborhood. Um, she also mentioned policy because policy is a big part of this as well. And I don't think we ever think about policy um, as it relates to neighborhood development and community development, but it is a critical part um, having that government piece. So I think when you look at CDCs, finding your niche or your area that you want to be, you know, totally into um, is huge. And then in terms of serving on the board, so, you know, as someone who started to serve on boards lately, I feel as though um, 
board membership or just becoming involved, you learn so much, not only about um, working with a group of people, but you, of course, become more hands-on and more involved in what um, the outcomes and the results and the vision is for a particular organization. And so if board membership is something that is of interest to you and that's more your lane and your speed, um, consider getting involved from that standpoint because honestly, that's how she started and got into doing CDC work and then becoming an executive director and CEO for the Hill District. So um, think about board membership more, not just, you know, for, I'd say, when you have a particular organization that you are a part of from a professional development standpoint, but also just organizations and causes and missions that are more aligned with, you know, where you are and your values. So so I thought that was fantastic. Um, And then the third part for me that she said, um, she has been an advocate and advocacy and what that means um, as what she called herself, a community development athlete. Um, Looking at if you're that individual who social justice and doing more around building your community is something that's very important to you. Uh, you may want to, you know, really look at what it means to, uh, you know, get CDCs more prominent in your community. Of course, look around, make sure, you know, you don't have any already there. Um, or if you do have some there, you know, finding out what things they're doing. But I do feel as though this is an area, because uh, I meet a lot of people in commercial real estate that love, um, you know, community and social impact work. And sometimes don't think about this as an avenue for them to channel their interests, their energy, their passion. Um, And so this makes so much sense uh, for you to, you know, look at. And hopefully today's conversation with her influenced you and got you thinking a little bit more about it and maybe consider a career in community uh, development. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Full Circle with Garland. And if you'd like to be a guest, go to garlandfuller.com. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with me. I hope this next week helps you to recognize the full circles in your own life. Bye-bye.